Words of Mormon, Chapter 1 And now I, Mormon, being about to deliver up the record which I have been making into the hands of my son Moroni, behold, I have witnessed almost all the destruction of my people the Nephites. And it is many hundred years after the coming of Christ that I deliver these records into the hands of my son, and it supposeth me that he will witness the entire destruction of my people. But may God grant that he may survive them, that he may write somewhat concerning them, and somewhat concerning Christ, that perhaps some day it may profit them. And now I speak somewhat concerning that which I have written. For after that I had made an abridgment from the plates of Nephi down to the reign of this King Benjamin of which Amalekai spake, I searched among the records which had been delivered into my hands, and I found these plates, which contained this small account of the prophets, from Jacob down to the reign of this King Benjamin, and also many of the words of Nephi, and the things which are upon these plates pleasing me, because of the prophecies of the coming of Christ, and my fathers knowing that many of them have been fulfilled. Yea, and I also know that as many things as have been prophesied concerning us down to this day have been fulfilled, and as many as go beyond this day must surely come to pass. Wherefore I chose these things to finish my record upon them, which remainder of my record I shall take from the plates of Nephi, and I cannot write a hundredth part of the things of my people. But behold, I shall take these plates, which contain these prophesyings and revelations, and put them with the remainder of my record, for they are choice unto me, and I know they will be choice unto my brethren. And I do this for a wise purpose, for thus it whispereth me, according to the workings of the Spirit of the Lord which is in me. And now I do not know all things, but the Lord knoweth all things which are to come, wherefore he worketh in me to do according to his will. And my prayer to God is concerning my brethren, that they may once again come to the knowledge of God, yea, the redemption of Christ, that they may once again be a delightsome people. And now I, Mormon, proceed to finish out my record, which I take from the plates of Nephi, and I make it according to the knowledge and the understanding which God hath given me. Wherefore it came to pass that after Amalekai had delivered up these plates into the hands of King Benjamin, he took them and put them with the other plates, which contained records which had been handed down by the kings from generation to generation until the days of King Benjamin. And they were handed down from King Benjamin from generation to generation until they have fallen into my hands. And I, Mormon, pray to God that they may be preserved from this time henceforth, and I know that they will be preserved, for there are great things written upon them, out of which my people and their brethren shall be judged at the great and last day according to the word of God which is written. And now concerning this King Benjamin, he had somewhat contentions among his own people. And it came to pass also that the armies of the Lamanites came down out of the land of Nephi to battle against his people. But behold, King Benjamin gathered together his armies, and he did stand against them, and he did fight with the strength of his own arm with the sword of Laban. And in the strength of the Lord they did contend against their enemies, until they had slain many thousands of the Lamanites. And it came to pass that they did contend against the Lamanites, until they had driven them out of all the lands of their inheritance. And it came to pass that after there had been false Christs, and their mouths had been shut, and they punished according to their crimes, and after there had been false prophets, and false preachers, and teachers among the people, and all these having been punished according to their crimes, 
And after there having been much contentions and many dissensions away unto the Lamanites, behold, it came to pass that King Benjamin, with the assistance of the holy prophets which were among his people, for behold, King Benjamin was a holy man, and he did reign over his people in righteousness. And there were many holy men in the land, and they did speak the word of God with power and with authority, and they did use much sharpness because of the stiff-neckedness of the people. Wherefore, with the help of these, King Benjamin, by laboring with all the might of his body and the faculty of his whole soul, and also the prophets, wherefore they did once more establish peace in the land. Pressure all around me saying, Go ahead, give in. Save your soul for another day. Struggling between the enemy and the one only true friend. I'm finding it hard not to slip away. But then I hear you softly calling out my name. Come unto me. Okay, now we have the words of Mormon. And I love, so that you're going to see a transition. You're going to see a change in the Book of Mormon from this point going forward. And the so the first 200 pages was written in, in the style and narrative of individual writers. And, it was, and Nephi said it best at the beginning of the Book of Mormon. He says, in other words, I, Nephi, write this record. And that's important because that whole section from, from the beginning to now has been in a first-person narrative of someone telling the story, of someone being responsible as the historian for telling the story of their their journeyings, their life, what they saw. And, and, and so now... That's over. What happens now is, and this is, and I've already explained it in, in the second podcast about uh, uh, 
first Nephi chapter two, how there was a, a, um, a miracle of God, right? When the large plates of Nephi were translated or abridged by Mormon, he covered this time period or, or it's this time period is covered twice once by an abridgment of the large plates of Nephi, which was the record and the history of the Kings and the people sort of a political view of all the things that happened to their people. And then there was another copy the more spiritual things. And those were that as told by Nephi and, and Jacob and so on all the way down until they were handed off to King Benjamin. And so we have two uh, uh, versions of history all contained in the book of Mormon and in our, in the translation when it was given to Joseph Smith and, 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 and Martin Harris had his uh, uh, wishes to, to take a section of it, to tell his wife and to try to gain support for the book of Mormon. And Joseph Smith was told, don't let this out of your hands. And he gave it to Martin Harris and those 116 pages are gone now. Well, I'm here to say God accounted for that. And that is my belief that that those first 116 pages were the large plates of Nephi being uh, bridged by Mormon. And it was a redundant history because we also had the small plates of Nephi up until this point. And so now Mormon, who, tr who has stepped in and abridged all of the large plates of Nephi, takes this time to take the, takes the end of the small plates of Nephi and now he's doing an, an abridgment of that, of the history, the Nephite people from King Benjamin down to Amaron. And Amaron hit up the records and Mormon himself picks up the record and speaks in the same style as the beginning of the Book of Mormon. And in other words, I, Nephi, write this record. So now at page 687, Mormon is writing again, first person of the things that he saw. And then he hands it over to Moroni, who speaks first person of the things that he saw. And it's back to that generational handed down from one to the other. But from page 204 to page 687, you have an abridged record of the large plates of Nephi. And so the, the story changes, the scope of it changes, the, it's more of a history again. So this to me is like the old Testament of the Bible how they had to tell the story of their people. And it was more of a history lesson. This history lesson is being abridged and you get the cliff notes version by Mormon. And so why do we call it the book of Mormon? It's because this man Mormon abridged uh, 400 pages of it and then put in his own uh, two cents worth in his own book and then handed it to his son. So th the largest portion of this uh, book of Mormon is the, work of Mormon. And so from, from the book called Words of Mormon, we get an explanation of this transition and you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it in the storytelling of the rest of the book of Mormon. You're going to hear it no longer I Nephi or, or it's from the perspective of Jacob and then the perspective of the next writer and the next writer and the next writer. You're going to hear a, a flowing story, much like a, a, a modern novel much like a modern uh, history uh, of of the world told or, or a story of of the people as if someone was was relate I don't know it's kind of neat that that he's going to tell us a story but it's told from one person's understanding and abridgment of a record and it, but the but the style of it 
is much more modern and it's much more to our liking and our taste in, in, the, in this day and time. It's not so um, historical record keeping and it's much more of a, these are the things that I think are the good stories to write, right? And everything else, ah, we could skip that part or I'll abridge this or I'll say there were many wars for, you know, but then there's events that Mormon has decided this is worth writing about. This is a good story. This tells an event of the, our people. And I'm going to capture these events and, and, and paraphrase what happened to my people. And I'm going to tell about Alma and I'm going to tell his story. He was a big part of our history. And I'm going to tell about King Benjamin and I'm going to uh, tell about Helaman and I'm going to tell about these wars. And they're all told based on the writings of those people at of those time and the, the caretakers of the record, but it's Mormon going through like a, like an editor and saying, nah, this sounds better. I'm going to take this part that you wrote and I'm going to keep this. This is good. But this other part, we can live without that. You need to rewrite that, or I'm going to rewrite it for you. I'm going to paraphrase this section and then let's jump back into the story over here. You know, so you get a much quicker uh, easier read, I guess, or if it was like a novel or an editor or something like that. So thank you to Mormon who and, and to God, I guess, but he's he's taken the Book of Mormon and made it so much more um, appealing and and more of a flowing style now of from story to story. And you don't get as much of the one-off um, record of someone's point of view you still get Mormon's point of view as a flow of other people's record. So that was a long drawn out explanation, but th th there's a change now that has taken place in the Book of Mormon, and it happens at this point with the words of Mormon. So I'm going to highlight a few verses that kind of point this out. I'm going to, first off, I'm going to go to, so we're going to turn to verse four. And now I speak somewhat concerning that which I have written. For after I had made an abridgment from the plates of Nephi down to the reign of this King Benjamin, of whom Amalekai spake, I searched among the records which I had been delivered into my hands, and I found these plates which contained this small account of the prophets from Jacob down to the reign of this King Benjamin, and also many of the words of Nephi. He's telling us here what happened, what's that he abridged it, that he's come down, and, and what I think is very interesting. Well, I'm going to make this point later. So let, now let's go to verse eight. Wherefore, I chose these things to finish my record upon them, which remainder of my record I shall take from the plates of Nephi, and I cannot write the hundredth part of the things of my people. So we're getting an, an abridgment, an abridgment of uh, a hundred. He's saying like a hundredth part of what was contained in there. He, he's, he's edited out and he's compiled a story that's 400 pages long, that is really, uh, in his uh, definition here, not even a hundredth part of everything that he could have written to tell the story of his people. So by that rationale, we'd have uh, four uh, four thousand page uh, history if we had it all there, right? Four hundred pages, and then no, forty thousand. So we'd add two zeros to that if this is just one one hundredth of it. So thank you. I would I would hate to have to study forty thousand pages of the Book of Mormon to get everything. Okay, now continuing uh, verse nine. But behold, I shall take these plates which contain these prophesyings and revelations and put them with the remainder of my record, for they are choice unto me, and I know they will be choice unto my brethren. And I do this for a wise purpose, for thus it whispereth me according to the workings of the Spirit of the Lord which is in me. 
And so that wise purpose, I really like how he says it. he doesn't even understand why, but he's got, he's already compiled this part of the history, but I also want to include this part from Nephi down to Omni. And I'm going to just, I'm just going to keep them together and I'm going to start writing from this point on and I'm going to uh, abridge the rest as if it takes part from this point, because he started abridging the whole history of, of the big, the large plates of Nephi. And like I said, we have a, a, a duplicate history up until this point, but we lost those first 116 pages in 1828 with Martin Harris. And now verse 11, and now I do not know all things, but the Lord knoweth all things which are to come. Wherefore he worketh in me to do according to his will. And verse 13, and now I Mormon proceed to finish out my record, which I take from the plates of Nephi and I make it according to the knowledge and the understanding, which God has given me. Wherefore it came to pass that after Amalekai had delivered up these plates into the hands of King Benjamin, he took them and put them with the other plates, which contained records, which had been handed down by the Kings from generation to generation until the days of King Benjamin. And they were handed down from King Benjamin from generation to generation until they have fallen into my hands. So that explains how he came to possess these. He was given the, the record of the kings, and that's what he thought he had was this record of the kings that he was going to have to abridge. And in the course of it, he found this section from Nephi, this section from the beginning, the beginning of the whole story of their people. And he said, I'm keeping this with it. This is good. You know, it's good stuff. And so that's why we have a, a duplicate record of history there. I'm going to turn to verse 20. And we have a rec, uh, uh, reference to the sword of Laban. Here it is how many years later, Mormon is writing about King Benjamin having the sword of Laban. So R Mormon is writing this around, from the Book of Mormon point of view, he is at page 687 when he starts. His part of the story starts. And so he is talking about this uh, sword of Laban. And so he's referring to, to King Benjamin having the sword of Laban, and he raised his own arm with it in defense of his people. And I like verses 23 and 24, and it refers to false Christs and their mouths had been shut and they punished according to their crimes and then false prophets and they had their and teachers. They were shut down. King Benjamin didn't wasn't wasn't having any of that. Right. He was a good king. He was a, a good leader of his people. But he may have been the greatest king in the Book of Mormon. Honestly, we're going to hear a lot about him in the Book of Mosiah and what a great king he was. And all the people loved him. And it. He could possibly be the greatest king of the Book of Mormon, and he's just paraphrased. He's just referenced by by an abridgment. We don't get to hear the extent of his story. We just get to hear the words of Mormons and his reference to him and his explanation of who he was. And so there we have the end of the small plates of Nephi, and then we have this one chapter um, book called Words of Mormon, and it explains, and it's an abridgment, it ties the end of the book of Nephi, or the, the uh, small plates of Nephi, where he says he handed these records to King Benjamin. And then we don't hear much about King Benjamin, because in the next book, Book of Mosiah, we hear about the end of his life. And so the greatest part of King Benjamin is paraphrased in about eight verses, four verses, five verses at the end of the Words of Mormon. And now from here on out, we're going to hear a narrative, a, a different style, a different history, and I, and I stopped recording because this epiphany came and I'm going to start over and explain this differently. So you got the beginning of the Book of Mormon and, and here's my analogy. And it's what, what you're looking at is, is Star Wars, right? 
George Lucas had a story and he re- and he directed Star Wars and it was great. And then you had other uh, directors who came in and did uh, Empire Strikes Back. Which I think he came back and did Return of the Jedi. And uh, doesn't matter. But he had this story written and other directors came and directed after him. And so Star Wars, to me, is the beginning. It's the first 200 pages of the Book of Mormon. And it's great. It's classic. It's the way that is is told perfectly. And now you get a different style, right? You get a different type of movie. And now what we're jumping into for the next 400 pages is a J.J. Abrams-directed version of Star Wars. And it is bouncing around all over the place. Whenever you think there's the the story is getting slow then we're going to interject action and a whole new plot twist and whenever you think that's getting slow or you think you understand what's going on or or you want to get to some character development of some type then we're going to throw in some more action and when the action starts to get too uh casual we're going to throw in more action and then when it's time to tell the most important parts of the story we're going to stop and we're going to let another director come in and tell the important parts of the story this next 400 pages it's going to be just action packed. It's going to be telling about wars. It's going to be telling about battles. It's going to be telling about the main characters of the Book of Mormon. We're going to hear. And then when you get to Alma, we're going to stop. And there's going to be another director come in. And and this other director is going to tell this section about Alma. Because it's so well written by Alma that there's not a lot of paraphrasing or, or abridging done by by a uh, uh, Mormon. And so you get to that section and then it kind of, you get a new feel or, or flavor of what's happening in, in the, in the world of, of uh, the people there of the Nephites. And then it carries back into um, like a JJ Abrams version. And then after a while it stops and then you get the section in third and fourth Nephi where Jesus shows up. And now it's directed a different way. You get a different feel for what's going on because you have firsthand accounts of of Jesus Christ. And so what we stop and we get a different type of movie, all of it is star Wars, right? It's the whole saga, but there's different sections broken up in it. And this is, this is so funny to me that I'm describing it this way, but it fits so perfect. It's good. It's a good analogy. And so you're going to have different directors coming in and telling the story of Star Wars, just like we have in the Book of Mormon. We have different uh, directors or narrators or storytellers coming in and telling the story. And so, uh, uh, so this is a good time to stop and say, Words of Mormon is where it changes from George Lucas to a, a different director and then he's going to take over for a while and we're going to get to probably Alma, I would say is a different style, but you get the book of Mosiah, which is a lot of paraphrasing and a lot of action happening, which is like a JJ Abrams movie. Then you come to J- the next one would be, you know, uh, uh, return of the Jedi, which has a good, you know, finishing the plot up. And then uh, I would say uh, empire strikes back, which is the best of all of the star Wars movies. That's gotta be, you know, third and fourth Nephi, uh, third and fourth Nephi where Jesus shows up and we get what ties in the Bible and book of Mormon, because you get, you get the sermon on the Mount, right? You get, you get Jesus and you get his story and his gospel being told by Jesus right here in these sections. So, you know, Mormon's not going to abridge that, right? We're going to get what Jesus told him to put in there. And even says in some parts, where's, where is uh, 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 Malachi? Do you have these writings? We'll put them in here. Where is Isaiah? Do you have those? Well, then put these in here now. I want you to have these writings. And so then the story goes on. And then you get, uh, it ties into Mormon and he gets to take over firsthand. And so the end of the Book of Mormon 
is told by the director who wants to tell it his way would be Mormon. He's not paraphrasing anymore. He's telling what he saw with his own eyes. And from, uh, from that section, he even paraphrases or abridges the book of ether. And that's told by Mormon. And then eventually Mormon has to hand the records to Moroni and Moroni it's it's a, a beautiful end to the book. He, he kind of says, you know, there's just a few things that my, you know, I thought I was going to die and I'm still alive. And so I prayed to God, what, what few things, you know, might be of worth and I'm going to put them in here. And what do we get from Moroni? But the prayer over the wine and, 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 and the sacrament and, and so much direction on how our church should look and feel and, and things that are so integral, so important. And he just kind of casually says, you know, I'm just going to add this stuff so that perhaps they may be of worth to people at some point later in, in time. It's so important. And he was just, you know, the son of Mormon doing his duty and, and to God. I'm, I'm probably uh, offending people by telling the Book of Mormon as if it was a Star Wars movie, but it, it, for me, it fits. This is how I would explain it to somebody nowadays is that the, you get George Lucas in the first section, and then you end up like the modern day version of it is is J.J. Abrams right here in the middle is is this 400 pages in the middle is just a, a giant fast paced J.J. Abrams movie so for what it's worth here comes the beginning of a, of a really fast paced story that bounces all over the place try to keep up you are there to free my soul from sin when I listen, I can softly hear you say, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and Oh uh-huh.